Hello everybody, welcome back to the Pondercast. My name is Perry Siddons and I'm joined once again by Jeremy Lawsett. How are you doing, Jeremy? I'm doing fine, yep. It's a nice Good. day today. Yes, happy September, September yeah. 1st. And uh, it is St. Giles Day. <laughs> I don't know who that was, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah. So anyways, uh, did you get all that rain yesterday? That uh... Yeah, yeah, we had rain yesterday. Um, actually, it poured here for a little while Oh. Uh, in, in the morning, and then it kind of went away in the afternoon and evening. I was able to cut our neighbor's grass yesterday, and then mm. and then it rained overnight again. So, hmm. yeah, it's, uh, farmers probably aren't as happy about it. No, no, but uh, as somebody said yesterday, the... We need it for those wildfires, so mm-hmm. sure hope that they got it mm-hmm. up north. Smoke has been pretty brutal here the last few days. Not brutal. Oh, has it has it's been, been smoky been, here, thankfully. It's been bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, weird. Yeah. Well, I think it finally cleared up. It was just kind of creepy the other day when it's the mi- when it's uh, middle of the day and it seems like dusk <laughs> when you're staring off. Yeah. The distance, the red sun. Yeah, the, yeah. John Hagee made more money. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, John. Is that guy still alive? <laughs> I, I think so. I haven't heard anything. You know, because I'm sure once he dies, there's going to be books written about how that was a sign. Okay, this is the final episode of our Apostles' Creed series. It seems to have been dragging on longer than it should have. So I'll read the Apostles' Creed once again. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. So this week, we are discussing the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting, and the Amen. As we promised last week, we got a little tired last time. I did post, as we're recording this, the episode we recorded was recorded this week so this will come a week later after the last one was was posted it just took me too long to get that out um so i will get this out on tuesday and then hopefully for our listeners we will move on to with drew uh to uh something else i'm not sure what we're gonna do uh but anyways here we are forgiveness of sins we're looking of course at the book the apostles creed by benjamin myers and uh, so, the forgiveness of sins, and it's interesting that this comes within the claw or within the line, whatever you want to call it, the paragraph. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Catholic Church. I believe in the forgiveness of sins. It seems to seems to be an interesting progression. You know, I believe in the Catholic Church, the communion of saints, uh, and the forgiveness of sins. And of course, that's connected with the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Um, would you say that there's a connect? It's, it's not just you know 
let's just try and throw in as many clauses as we yeah. can here. Let's just, you know, oh yeah, I forgot about this. I forgot about this. I forgot about this. Like it seems to be uh they it seems like the 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 creed is wanting us to 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 really connect some dots here. Yeah, no, I I I think that that's um that's the case. I don't think, yeah, I don't, I don't think that these things were just tacked on so late. Um, now with that much being said, I, I must uh, clarify that because in his book, Myers does state in the first paragraph of the forgiveness of sins, the confession of oh, the shoot. forgiveness of sins was oh. a relatively late addition to the creed. The earliest <laughs> baptismal confession simply spoke of the Holy spirit, the Holy church and the resurrection of the flesh. So oh. some of these things were seemingly a little bit tacked on, but I don't think that they're totally disconnected with, again, the, the, uh, the clause of the Holy spirit, if you want to call it that. Um, I, I, I do think that they are all connected. Um, yeah. In, in some some form and i'm not an expert on mm. the apostles creed by any stretch so <laughs> um but but yes so the earliest forms apparently that we do have of the apostles creed exclude the forgiveness of sins element hmm. uh, but uh but yes very, they, very they, interesting yeah well i i think it's significant uh as i was just thinking about it um because this is really the heart of the gospel Yes, or one really important element of the gospel that we receive the forgiveness of our sins. Mm -hmm. And when we are forgiven of our sins, we are counted as members of the Holy Catholic Church and and the communion of saints. And we have the promise of the resurrection and the life everlasting. Mm -hmm. It's kind of neat that uh, those things kind of come in. Uh, those those things, you know, you have the two, the, the communion and the Catholic church, you have those two resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. And they kind of, you know, it's like a climax in the forgiveness of sins, essentially. It seems. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, chiasm. Is that what it's, uh, you know, kind gotta of love the, but, but gotta love that. Love chiasm. The chiasm. <laughs> yeah. Gotta love the chiasm. Um, but I mean, I think it does start. I mean, you, you could argue that there's a progression, you know, there's the Holy spirit. We have the indwelling of the Holy spirit. We become yes. a member of, the church right we are the communion of, of saints as part of the body of christ part of the church right and, and we're there because we have been forgiven of our sins right and then we are promised this life everlasting through you know there's this resurrection of the body right and so there is this this progression almost throughout this clause if you want to you know mm -hmm. say that it uh these aren't just loosely bound things right there's this natural progression that kind of comes through there i'm not saying right yeah, you know, we would argue probably that you're forgiven, and then as that moment, right, you you are entering into the body, or the communion of the saints, right, the the, the church. But um, mm -hmm. but I mean, mm -hmm. again, I think that you you make a, a nice argument throughout this this uh, this clause, this section. There is this climax of of the forgiveness of sins, right? This is this has been the mission of Jesus Christ, right? To proclaim the coming of the kingdom right uh the gospel the good news of jesus christ is is his victory over sin satan and death and you know we have been freed from sin satan and we you know death right that is the life everlasting that that we look forward to mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and the, and the gloriousness of that that realization that there's there's a second chance 
because God has intervened mm-hmm. on our behalf. Our debt has been wiped out. Our debt has been paid. Mm. We don't have to worry about it. Obviously, we don't want to take advantage of it. I mean, that's that's the tension in Paul, in Paul's letters. Right. Uh, yes, we've been saved by grace. We have been forgiven. And then we go, you know, we take that and we go do something about it. I don't think there's any... It's not like, oh, yeah, go do whatever you please now. Um, mm-hmm. But but as we're striving, as we're working toward the life everlasting, you know, doing the good works that God has created, uh, you know, preordained for us to do, we struggle with sin and we will fall. And that's what he talks about here that in the early church. The issue was, what do we do with these with these people who have fallen away? Mm-hmm. Uh do we bring them back? They they have they have capitulated to the empire to um, to save their own skin. Do we bring them back in? And uh, yes, that's the gospel says yes. Bring yeah. them back. Yeah, yeah. And there's no shortage of examples that one can learn through uh, throughout not only the gospels but but throughout the whole of scripture. Um, probably mm. no, most notably though is is Peter, right? I mean, Peter denied Mm. Christ three times, right? To save his own skin, right? Jesus has, you know, I I just preached on this last week. Uh, You know, Peter had, had been swearing up and down the wall that he was going to die with Christ, right? (laughs) You know, anything, you know, even that same day, just earlier that day, right? I would rather die than betray you, right? It won't be me, right? You know, and I can just kind of imagine him pulling Jesus off the side, but watch that that thomas guy right he has some doubt all right i mean or, or something like that but but then you know p and peter looks to make good on it right draws his sword you know he tries to kill malchus right it's not like he was just aiming to cut off his ear i don't think peter was skilled enough to do that right he just by the grace of god he he only got the ear um right he was looking to make good on this and yet you know, a few hours later, he has denied Christ three times, right? He's, and, and it's not even that he's just denied it, right? He, he it says he's swearing and cursing and he's saying, I don't even know who this man is, right? He's denied even knowing who Jesus is, not just being a disciple of him, but I don't even know who Jesus is. And this is why Mark later on in his gospel, uh, Mark 16, verse seven, when the angels are pronouncing the resurrection to the, to the women at the tomb, they say, he, you know, Go tell the disciples and Peter, right? And so there seems to be this disconnect, right? Well, Peter's not even considered a disciple at this moment, right? Go tell the disciples. Oh, and Peter, right? Oh, find him, tell him as well. <laughs> and most, yeah, like it doesn't really stand out. But Mark is is writing according to church tradition, uh, writing according to Peter's uh, preaching, right? Like this is this is the gospel according to Mark is from Peter. Right. This this is what church tradition tells us. And so if that's the case, Peter himself was probably viewing himself as outside of the group of the disciples at this time. He's denied Christ. He's he's not worthy of being a disciple, being called a disciple. And yet in the Gospel of John, we see Jesus, of course, um, restoring Peter um, mm-hmm. to a right relationship with him. And I well, think that's it, such a beautiful. It could imagery. be that he's the pope. 
the first I, pope. No, no, uh, I don't. I don't buy that. Uh, as a good evangelical, I cannot. Uh, but I, I think it, it is. It, that's a really interesting conversation that we don't have time to delve into. I think that if that was the case, they would say Peter and the disciples, mm. right, rather than the disciples and Peter. Now, you know, mm. maybe it's semantics. I don't know, but but it's I. I this is something that I certainly didn't come up with myself. I, I came up with this mm. through commentaries. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, anyways, maybe I'm wrong on that. But at the very least, Peter obviously is feeling terrible about it. Um, and, and not only that, I mean, Jesus instructs Peter, right? Well, Peter's like, well, how many times should we forgive somebody, right? Seven times, thinking he's all pious. And because um, I think I think under Jewish custom at the time, it was about three times. You only have to forgive somebody three times and then you can just cut them out. <laughs> you know, they've used up their, their three mm. wishes, so to speak. Mm. Uh, and Jesus' reply is well, 70 times seven or some translations say 70 times. Um, mm. But but the point is, no, it's like unlimited, mm-hmm. right? Like you don't stop forgiving people. And I think this is really, you know, adequately played, adequately. That makes it sound religious. Like, eh, it's okay. Uh, I think it's perfectly placed within the creed to put this after the communion of saints, because not only have we forgiven, but we are supposed to be forgiving others. Right. And, you know, our, our brothers and sisters in Christ in particular. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't, don't uh, stop forgiving until you're forgiven. Your forgiveness mm-hmm. is perfected. Yes. Really? Yes. It's yes. Uh, it seems like the seven is, reflecting the the completeness of creation yes yeah so uh i guess we could think about forgiveness of sins as a as the beginning of the rectifying of the of the created order when god is reconciled Mm -hmm. with uh with um human beings so uh it's it's interesting that justification never is is not mentioned here, because that seems to be thought of as synonymous that justification is forgiveness of sins, and maybe it is. Maybe maybe Paul does say it is, and we don't have to get into that because that's a that's just such a complicated that, that, thing. It's sad yeah, how complicated that is. I I'm yes. so I'm 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 annoyed at how complicated that has to be but mm. as you read galatians it's like paul why do you have to make this so complicated but <laughs> another thing that i was just thinking about as i was talking about you know the people who are brought back into the fold mm. what do we do with okay maybe i shouldn't even bring this up because we're trying to keep this short but i'll just put this out there hebrews 6 where uh it is impossible in the case of those who've once been enlightened who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding him up to contempt. Uh, that doesn't seem to give any leeway to those who have fallen away. But right. there must be a particular kind of person that the author of Hebrew has in mind and does he talk about that at all like that seems significant in this discussion <laughs> i i don't think in, in uh in this chapter i don't think that there is any mention of, 
of Hebrews six there. That is, I mean, that that's a whole podcast on its own <laughs> that you and Drew yes. tackled, right? Because uh, <laughs> that's a that's a massive. I mean, it, it, I remember my first year of Bible college. Right? That was uh, one of the the conversations that we had in one of our mm. classes. And of course, we're ignorant freshmen, but. Uh, I think we were split into two groups and one group had to argue that you can lose your salvation and one that you couldn't or something like that. And I, I mean, this was a common, common, uh, you know, point of, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for here. This is a verse that really divided all of us, right? Cause I mean, you had, I, I, you know, you're more Calvinistic people on one side, you're more Arminian people on the other side. And and this verse was, was a battleground for both sides, right? Trying to explain it away. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, I, I was ignorant and, and I just kind of kept my, you know, to myself there because I didn't really have anything of worth to say. <laughs> uh, one side would say something like, Oh yeah, I think so. Oh, and they are side, you know, it kind of just you know, mm. go back and forth. Hmm. But yeah, massive, massive, uh, of massive importance, something that you have to deal with whatever side of the, the fence you land on. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it plays directly into this forgiveness of, of the sins thing. I mean, yeah. And then there's, you know, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Well, what, what is that? You know, because that's the, the unforgivable sin. Mm. Um, you know, how does that play into this whole, whole picture? Oh, yeah. Questions it's that the whole uh, can of worms. Yeah. Somebody above my pay grade need to tackle that. Uh, <laughs> Well, and I don't think these things should, should scare us as believers as we think no. about the forgiveness of sins, because I think what he's talking about here is somebody who has partaken of the the the, the things of the in the community, mm-hmm. and then have gone out and have essentially, you know, like almost violently or or just really uh forcefully denounced what's going on here or denounced the community or something like that and mm-hmm. uh cannot be and and so it's just hard because this is not something that we've ever that that, that is in our mind a lot you know when people fall away we think let's you know let's hope that they come back it seems like there's opportunity. Paul seems to talk about the opportunity that they have to come back, like rescue people from out of the fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember who wrote that. Maybe that was James or Jude or something like, you know, and he says, I've handed them over to Satan so that they mm-hmm. would repent. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's, there seems to be tension here, even in the new, even amongst the new Testament authors. And yeah. I'm not saying that they're, I'm not saying that they're they're contradicting each other, but there's but there seemingly seems to be tension, but they're obviously talking about different things then. Yeah. Would be A specific the way, contexts. Yeah, the way that I'm think that I would imagine this. Mm-hmm. So that's a hard one. Uh mm-hmm. worth wrestling with. But let's move on to the resurrection of the body. And this is just this is just so so good because we've been talking about God is is a is a material god and it says the you know the first sentence of this section in Meyer from start to finish the creed affirms the value of the material world god loves what he has created it is good mm-hmm. and he is redeeming it and he mm-hmm. will resurrect it read first corinthians 15 mm-hmm. he is sowing for us a new creation body in which we will reside uh we will be raised 
with the new Adam and the trumpet will sound the victory cry. Uh, this is so good. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever dies, they will live because he's been raised. And so, um, you know, I've been influenced quite heavily by N.T. Wright here, who says it's quite, it's just clear that uh, when we die, there's something else after that. And that's resurrection for those who have the forgiveness of sins. Mm-hmm. The other day, somebody asked a church about. So in the in the Anglican, in our Anglican liturgies, we do have prayers, we do pray for the dead, but not like it's a very. It's it's so hard to explain. Somebody asked about that, and I said, "Yeah, that's a good question." I said, "I'm okay with it, but I don't know how to explain it." Hmm. <laughs> but. I said, we don't believe in purgatory. So there's some issues with the fact that we pray for the dead then. Um, It's not like we're praying, you know, every day, you know, like we're not trying to pray and try and convince God to let them into heaven. It's essentially, you know, we're letting them, we're letting them into your hands, O Lord. We ask that you would give them peace. We, what, you know, whatever, you know, our loved ones in your hands. So, um, Whatever it may be, you know, as it's Protestants, not- as Protestants, we believe in, in, uh, you know, that there's a heaven and that there's a resurrection. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no, you know, there's no confusion about the 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 destiny of the believer. And I guess we're talking about that in the life of Latin, But sorry. Well, doesn't Paul make some passing reference to praying to the or for the dead or something like that, or or being baptized for yeah. the dead? Yeah, some practice. Baptized, yeah, he think, makes right. It's, uh, it's part of his argument that if there's no resurrection of the dead, why yeah. are you even getting baptized for them? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's a uh, and nobody really knows exactly what that looked like or what was going on, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, in verse 29 uh, of of chapter 15 in, in First Corinthians, if these things are not so what will those uh what will those do who are baptized for the dead if the dead are not raised at all why are people baptized for them hmm. and, uh, just like one verse and kind of a, moves on from it and you're thinking <laughs> what in the world is going on here um and and i don't know I, yeah i don't know what that looks like um but uh, as you stated you know the it there's well, and I've heard this actually in a church once, um, uh, where where a guy was arguing um, that the resurrection was was only spiritual, mm. uh, which is really just a a form of Gnosticism, right? Exactly. Where, where the, the the flesh is bad, um, and I think that actually, you know, there, there's probably a, a lot of these. I want to say neo-Gnostics, but this kind of influence in the church today where they view the physical as bad, right? Mm. Um, There's, there's this heavy emphasis on, you know, the physical is bad. And you've even heard it probably stated that, you know, we're a soul trapped in a body or something like that. And it's like, no, you're a body and a soul, right? I mean, um, it's not like we're imprisoned in this, this, this body, right? This is the way that God has, you know, right from the very beginning created mankind even when it was very mm-hmm. good right mm-hmm. adam and eve had physical bodies um 
and this was not a prison for them. And when yeah. Jesus was resurrected, there was this physical, I mean, read through the gospels, right? I mean, he was eating fish with the disciples, right? He, Thomas was allowed to touch him, right? I mean, there's, there's all these things where it's like, he's very physical and yet it's a glorified body. Um, yeah. The spiritual and the physical has been perfectly united in Christ. Yes. He walked, he walked through walls. Yes. So. Yeah. And he could, that, for lack that, of better terms, that, he could teleport, right? <laughs> the, obviously that glory that he traded in, you know, yes. talking about Philippians two was, was given back to him. Mm -hmm. after the resurrection as we see mm -hmm. where he was able to do the things that he did yes. like transport walk through walls those kind of things so yeah that's um that's good to bring up you know the people who say that even jesus resurrection is just a resurrection in our hearts it was the res <laughs> you know like it was a good feeling in the disciples they're the same people who say we need to advocate for you know we need to advocate mm. for justice. We need to advocate for creation. We need to advocate for the physical world. Yeah. Well, if even the son of God wasn't raised physically, then who, like, it can all go to hell then. All of this, yeah. you know. Yeah. Isn't that one of Why the care? implications of that? Exactly. Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah. hopefully... There's a lot of, I think there's a lot more people who are rejecting that, mm -hmm. that idea, because mm -hmm. it's just, I hope so. It's so silly. <laughs> it is. It, it, and it's self-defeating, as you just pointed out, really. It, it, it's, it's illogical as, as believers to hold to such a thing, right? Yeah. I understand if you're a materialist, right? Um, that, that might make more sense, yeah. but we're not, <laughs> right? And most yeah, people and, aren't. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, strict materials. Yeah, we we're in a weird time. We have so many so many conflicting stories and worldviews and meta narratives. Like, definitely, there's definitely narcissism in the within the transgender movement, mm -hmm. and there's definitely this hardcore materialism undergirding mm -hmm. secularism, um, and almost intertwined with the transgender narcissism. You know, it's all about what you look on the it's yeah it's it's hard to it's hard to kind of parse out but yeah. i guess i'll just say there's materialism on one hand where this is it this is all that matters we got to get things under control but then whatever you feel inside is who you are and you have to you know you have to make yourself fit that persona yeah and uh some people, uh, I shouldn't say this. Never mind. But um, I definitely think that's Gnosticism. Yes. And, yeah. uh, you know, there's something really neat about the view of communion and, and baptism as a, as the sacramental presence. Because I think that, you know, by saying that Christ comes, like we remember that he is perfectly united uh, physically and spiritually. Well, okay. I'd say he's present however way we want to deal with that in the, in the communion, in the baptism. Mm. Uh, he comes in these physical means and that really is about the resurrection of creation as well. I think mm. using these things to resurrect us, it's a foretaste of what is to come. Mm. And I keep going back to my boy, Paul Romans eight <laughs> creation is groaning 
for the for the redemption of the children of God, for the glory of God, it's groaning. So um the creation is waiting. Creation is part of this, waiting for what God is going to do uh in the world. And mm. and he says, Those who have been those who have the spirit, we are the first fruit of that, and and we will be raised and we will show creation and creation will stop groaning and uh we won't have the negative effects of climate change uh but i mean i believe that i believe in climate change and all that like i think you know we're in the season it's called the season of creation now which is september 1st to october i think near the october 4th or something because that's saint francis day and he's the saint for creation so anyways i think that it's good to pray for creation to pray for those suffering from the curse of of uh of uh of the corruption of creation you know i mm-hmm. think that's good to be praying for those things mm-hmm. because it's just you know we've we have damaged the earth and um god cares for the earth too it's not really loving to our neighbors when we send uh huge piles of garbage to them <laughs> yep but i try to take it in balance at the same time and say i trust that it's in god's hands this creation that um whatever he will like i i just don't really believe that that the whole world's going to explode or whatever like i don't know because I'm not a scientist. Like I just, it's so it's so complex in my mind, yeah. and I think there's a lot of politics attached to it. But anyways, uh, very heavily. I just think God loves creation. He's raising it. He is because he has raised the new Adam, and mm-hmm. like if you really tra- if you really think about that, trace that all out. The new like Adam was meant for creation, so mm-hmm. if the new Adam was raised, that means that he's meant for new creation, and. Mm-hmm. And we see the biblical witnesses about, you know, he's purifying mm-hmm. this creation. Right. So we're at the half hour mark. So let us talk about the life everlasting. I think we already have. It's it's kind of blended into that. Uh, yeah. Into that last point a little bit. Um, I, I, yeah. I, again, I, I think sometimes we have this warped view and I mean, this is just the, you know, the the view of our age kind of seeping into the biblical narrative, but like that we're just going to be, you know, playing harps on a cloud in heaven or something like that. And, <laughs> and it's just, and it's going to be boring, right? And that, you know, mm. how could you do that for day on and day on and day on? it's, you know, we can't grasp the concept of eternity, uh, of life. Yeah, exactly. Right? And um, exactly. It's. We're, we're not going to be thinking the same way, <laughs> one, right? Uh, it says that there's going to be no darkness, in, in, mm. you know, no darkness, no sea, right? Symbolic of chaos and, and you, know, you know, evil, the uncertainty of things. So we can't um, go fishing. Well, it, yeah, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, there's some <laughs> Old Testament texts that talk about Leviathan being uh, slaughtered and the you know, peoples of the mm. nations eating it or something like that. Uh, again, symbolic. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> But uh, that is awesome. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, I mean, it's 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 beautiful <laughs> truth. 
uh right yeah this beautiful yeah. image of, of chaos and evil being defeated and right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know it is now made our supper right instead of them mm. fe- feasting on us we're feasting on it all right and that's through the victory of jesus um and uh i forget where i was going now but that's okay um yeah there's there's more to eternity than than uh just sitting around oh oh yeah definitely right like yeah this isn't like a a different prison sentence right um and and again there's there's a lot of people that that view it like that but i'd rather be in hell with my friends than you know heaven some monstrous god or something like that right and 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 this gives i think you know that kind of attitude gives credence to c.s lewis's idea of you know the people the 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 gates to hell are locked from the inside or however you put it Mm. um right that that people are choosing to kind of stay there um because of their their malice and hatred towards god Mm. um and uh, you know that's you know on the flip side here we're looking at at life everlasting um uh, I know Meyer's kind of trying to put an image to this concept. You know, he talks about how when lovers embrace, they feel sometimes that the whole world has stopped, right? And it's smaller than their, that the whole world is smaller than the space of their small room and, and so on and so forth. Um, you know, I, I, I think we've all experienced periods of our time where, where there are periods of our life where time seems to stand still, Right. Uh, where all of a sudden you, you kind of blink and the day's half over or all over and you're like, well, well, you know, what happened? It's usually happening when you're having a lot of fun, right? When time's flying by when you're having fun. That's why if you can find a job that you enjoy, right? It's not this grueling, you know, you keep looking at the clock and oh my goodness, it's just, you know, one minute has passed, two minutes has passed. It just all of a sudden the day's gone, right? And, and heaven is, you know, infinitely more than that. Uh, you're in the presence of, of your savior, Right, you're communing with all these other mm-hmm. saints that have mm-hmm. gone on before you and after you, and then so on and so forth. Right, you're you're spending eternity with them. Uh, I don't think, I don't think it. it my, my whole point, if I have to summarize it, right, my whole point is, I don't think it does us any good to think of heaven in linear terms, right, mm-hmm. where it's it starts, you know, here and it just goes on, you know, indefinitely, right. I, I, I think that concept makes us almost dread it or fear it or, you know, mm-hmm. have uncertainty sometimes about it, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's not so much. It's, it's like this rapturous moment that you get to experience forever. I think that would probably be a better mm-hmm. way of thinking of, of life. Everlasting. Yeah. It's just hard to, it, yeah, it's hard to comprehend. That's good to bring mm-hmm. up, but it'll be perfect communion. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think it'll be the restoration or even better than what was intended at yes. the beginning where it's perfect communion with God. It's, you know, cultivating the earth, exploring. Maybe we will go to Mars. Maybe we will <laughs> yeah. be given the capacity to explore other. Like, it's just, even when I think about it, it's like every time I th- I just sit and think about it, I kind of get a little scared about it. Yeah, because I think about what has to happen before that mm-hmm. takes place, the craziness, mm-hmm. and uh, like it just it just seems so totally crazy, and so it just is like okay, I don't want to think about this anymore <laughs> because mm-hmm. there's something so daunting about it. But I don't know why. I don't know. It's the unknown, I guess. 
Yeah, there's it's there's so, always anxiety around the unknown. Yeah. Yep. So as we move on to the Amen, we talked about that a little bit before. This is a prayer. This is really about submitting to the life of God, to the to the, the world that God has begun in Christ. And he says that every line of the creed reaches down into the mystery of the gospel. We are dealing here with words of faith, words whose meaning cannot be fully comprehended, even though a coherent vision of the world rises into view as we say them. No mind has yet grasped the creed in all its fullness, just as no one has yet breathed all the air. But, he says, the whole creed is about God's action, God's agency, mm -hmm. God's initiative. Even at the end, when we pronounce the Amen, we are drawing not on our own resource, but God's. We are participating in the action of Jesus, who looks into the face of God and sees all God's ways and works and says, yes, Amen. It's a perfect place to leave it. Mm -hmm. To end it there. Amen. Mm -hmm. Thank God. Amen. We participate in Jesus' own response to God. Oh, that is good. When we confess mm. and pray and join our voices to his amen. Mm -hmm. where the Holy Spirit helps us in our amen. Let it be so. Mm -hmm. I, I, I just have one more comment to make. Uh, his last paragraph in this section. Uh, and so at the end of the creed, we join our voices to his. What else could we do? And allow ourselves to be caught up in Jesus' own response. To, you know, this is basically what you said. I believe amen and all glory. Of, uh, and all to the glory of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Which is what the creed has just talked about, right? Yes. Triune God. Hmm. Oh, there we go. Well, this has been good. I'm glad that we've had this opportunity to work through the Apostles' Creed. Mm -hmm. And I hope that you, dear listeners, enjoyed and learned something. And uh, hopefully this is something to chew on. Maybe a, a good springboard for your own study of this important creed. It's just a helpful guide to mm -hmm. uh, Christian faith. We've talked about so many things these uh, mm -hmm. these five episodes. It's been so rich. Uh, I'm going to miss having these discussions with you jeremy so we'll have to do this again next summer uh, yeah, be it yeah. Creed. next summer oh boy yeah we should do the, the athanasian creed <laughs> which is huge yeah well that would be like your your hey you wouldn't have to plan ahead for future episodes right it'd just be you know what just coming up right, just keep plugging away at it yeah well you know where to find us folks uh leave us a comment or review We'd love to hear from you if you have any questions. And of course, until next week, keep pondering. <laughs>